Welcome back to the Shred Takes Podcast Show. I'm Michael Shredder. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast today. Glad you guys can join us. And today on the show, um, at, in a little bit, I'm going to bring on my guest for today's podcast. That's going to be Ramapo college basketball player, Michael Koch. I also played AAU with him, and I've been working out with him and playing against and playing with him for a while now. So he's a, he's a, good, he's a good buddy of mine, and we're going to be talking a little bit about just some NBA topics, and it's going to be really fun to have him on the show for sure. But also, if you guys haven't checked out the last couple episodes, I encourage you guys to do that. Um, last Friday, I had a good episode with Austin Chikatulov, who talked a lot about what he's really comfortable about talking about and really likes to do, which is talking about the importance of mindfulness, pliability, being positive. It was a different segment for me because usually we just talk about NBA basketball on this show or NFL football or Premier League, or all these kind of stuff. But it was good to talk about kind of how certain things can apply to athletics and get you better. So I think that episode is a good one for you guys to check out. Also, this past Sunday, I did an episode with Austin Lee, who is a swimmer at Amherst College. And he and I talked about the NBA, the NBA rookies. We talked about different headlines in the NBA, his predictions on Michael Porter Jr. not necessarily living up to his potential because he thought he was going to be the most improved player of the year. That, that All that stuff was very interesting. And I definitely encourage you guys to check those out again, where you can find those Apple podcasts, Spotify. And then I put clips up always on YouTube. And I encourage you guys to check that stuff out because it's going to be really good content. And especially if you're a YouTube fan and you wanted to see a short segment from, from what I do on this podcast show with guests, it's a good way for you to be able to do that and see what's going on. Now, again, like I said, in a few minutes, I'm going to have Michael Koch on my show. He's a very good basketball player that plays now at Rampo College, and they don't have a season this year, but it's exciting just to have him on, right? Have a gunner guy we can talk NBA with, and we're going to talk about the New York teams. We're going to talk about Zion Williamson. We're going to talk about Paul George and the Clippers. Are they legit title contenders? And we're also going to talk about the fact that the MVP race has been really interesting this year. I would say right now, Joel Embiid is right now the MVP. I'm sorry, Joel Embiid. And we're going to see what he thinks. And I think it's going to be fun just to have another good discussion on the show, see what kind of goes on from here. And it's going to be really exciting to see how things move forward here. So Michael Koch will be on in the top of the hour. So when I come back, we'll have him on the show and get into some nice, fun discussion. See you guys in a little bit. Welcome back to the show. I got Michael Koch as my guest today, Rampo College basketball player, um, former AAU teammate of mine. I've also played with and against him in different circles, uh, trained with him too. And just, you know, a guy I've played basketball with for a while. You know, he definitely wanted to be on this podcast. I'm excited to have him on. Yeah. Mike, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for joining the uh, podcast. Yes, sir, man. Let's get after it. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about the New York team. So we got the Knicks who are 500 and surprising everyone in the East because they've been the laughing stock for the last 15 years. And then you got the Brooklyn Nets who were favored to come out of the East and now have had this big three. Well, really we can call it big two because Katie hasn't really been there recently, mm -hmm. but uh, let's just talk about your kind of thoughts on both teams. Um, do you kind of, do you think that Brooklyn's small ball style is going to, you know, be successful if they go against a team like Philly, or do you think they need a guy like Drummond to kind of get, um, then over the hump in a sense. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I like what right now it's working for them. You know, against the teams above five hundred, what are they? They're like, I think they're like, want to say eleven and two or something. You know, something like that. But like, you know, it's working for them right now, playing with what they have and DeAndre Jordan and with the lack of uh, Kevin Durant. You know, so I'm I'm interested to see how how it plays out and like before the deadline, what kind of moves they make because I know there's a lot of people that they're looking at Blake Griffin, Drummond, Kevin Love. So I think Kevin Love would be a nice fit for them. Yeah, I would agree. I think Kevin Love's a better fit because I think Kevin Love can space the floor for them. So, I mean, they, if they can keep that guy Claxton, whatever his name is, Nick Claxton, I like him. I like Claxton. So if you can keep like Kevin Love, if you can bring Kevin Love in, if he's, if he's healthy, always the thing with Kevin Love is, is he going to ever stay healthy? But uh, let's transfer over to the Knicks. So what have you seen from – the Knicks that's been able to help them be so successful on the court this year. Yeah. I mean, well, the first thing that comes to mind is Julius Randle and how he's having, you know, a breakout year and the numbers he's putting up, but also it's like they're young guys too, like Emmanuel quickly. Like, I think he's doing like a great job at his role and he's kind of developed. Like he's in fully in the rotation now and he started a few games and he's got his confidence high. And uh, so, yeah, like they're young guys too, Obi as well. I think uh, a lot is clicking for them right now. And I think if they make a couple moves, you know, throughout uh, before the deadline, I think they could be a serious, like, you know, make a decent run in the playoffs. Hope so, at least. Yeah, I'm a big Knicks fan. Me so. as well. And uh, I've heard a lot of analysts talk about the fact that the Knicks make, make the playoffs. Could they legitimately win a playoff series? And I think it definitely depends on a matchup with them. Yeah. Um, I think if they play any of the top three teams in the East – um, I think that would not be very favorable for them. But I think if they played a team like Boston, um, you know, I think Boston is much more talented. Yeah. Boston has been playing better recently, but they've been so up and down, right? So I don't know how your thoughts are if the Knicks get to the playoffs. Yeah. Their <laughs> success level. I mean, I agree. I agree with that. I, I feel like it's all a matchup thing, you know, for the Knicks in the playoffs. I don't really think they'll make – or have a lot of success because, you know, they are inexperienced. They don't really have, a, you know, uh, the team they want yet. You know, it's everything still in the works, I feel like. That's the process. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, let's talk about Zion Williamson, who's been tearing it up in his second year in the NBA. And it's, he's been doing it just by basically driving left and laying the ball in or dunking on guys the entire game. So talk a little bit about his success this year and also kind of what you need to see from him to kind of get uh, him, I think even more recognized um, I mean, in the superstar status kind of level. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's already, you know, like a, you know, fan favorite and he's, you know, made the all-star game his second year and he's got the, he's putting up the numbers behind it. You know, he just had 32 the other night. Um, yeah. He's averaging like 25 and something and 25 and seven or eight. Something like that. I don't know. He's putting up crazy numbers. So, like, you know, I don't know. I feel like if he keeps going at this level and develops his game a lot more, I think he's, you know, he's going to be maybe a problem. Or it is a problem. But. Yeah. No, I, I think it's also crazy just, like, as a 20-year-old, you get all that hype coming in, oh, yeah. right? You're under all that media scrutiny. And you sit there and you're saying, like, this guy needs to be, like, the next LeBron James. Like, it, yeah. it, it's just – I don't know how you kind of feel about those kind of comparisons. When guys come in, they're like, oh, this guy's Charles Barkley or 
you know, like LeBron yeah. James. I don't know how you feel you know, about these comparisons. Yeah, you know, but that's like all the kids, you know, like LaMelo Ball, like they all have all this hype around them in high school and coming up and it's and it's a lot you know people don't realize like that's a big part of the game like with players because you know it's just like you have to be mentally on a different level than other guys because you know there's so much you know talk in the media and it's just like a ton so but yeah zion's doing a great job Melo's doing a great job all the young guys handle it well yeah, for the Pelicans, though, the one thing I look at, though, is they're an incredible offensive team, but defensively they are bombing the NBA. Um, I don't know if you watch the games closely, but, like, what do you attribute that to? Like, why do you think they're so poor defensively? Because they have Stan Van Gundy, who's considered a defensive coach, but yeah. their second worst defense in the NBA. Sacramento's worse because Sacramento doesn't guard anyone. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, I mean you can give your thoughts on that kind of sense, too. Yeah, I mean, again, the Pelicans are still relatively young. You know, they have, you know, pieces they added, like Steven Adams, who's, you know, that's that's great for them defensively speaking. You know, he's he'll play a big role leadership-wise in that aspect on D. But, um, you know, they are relatively young, and I just feel like NBA defense is, you know, a lot different than from maybe what they're used to, and they still all got to gel, and I feel like – and, uh, yeah, I just feel like – as time goes on and they become like a better team and guys figure out their roles more and you know what they're what's the guys Nikhil Alexander Walker like I feel like he's going to be big for them too I feel like he's going to really develop into like an important part of their offense within the next few years I don't think they'll trade him because I know there was um stuff being said but but yeah I, I don't know I think with time they're going to be they're going to be a really good team yeah, I mean, also, like, you know, the NBA right now is a three-point shooting league, right? And yeah. the issue with the Pelicans is when you have Stephen Adams in the court, while he's great at a lot of things, he's not necessarily mobile, right? And Zion's not necessarily – they listen to power forward, but he's six foot six. So, again, you know, a lot of guys he's guarding are bigger, right? So, um, I agree with you on that. I think that, you know, a lot of times younger teams are going to struggle out of the gate because they haven't quite grasped that – whole yep. kind of style of play and everything like that but let's let's talk about the uh i call them the infamous los angeles clippers because they uh no, they you know everyone was uh hyping them up last year and then they, yeah. they collapsed down yeah. um but this year the, uh, you know to the credit they have played very well um in a lot of games this year paul george has really taken all that criticism and had a great year so far oh, and i, I want to hear your kind of thoughts on them specifically what do you think about them right now? And then how do you feel about them when they get into a playoffs as opposed to last yeah. year based on how they're playing? Yeah. I mean, I like the Clippers a lot this year and I feel like they're definitely going to make some moves before the deadline too. Um, you know, with I think Beverly and uh, Lou Williams, they were talking about. And so who knows what could come out of that. I heard Blake, I was heard Blake Griffin, a couple other guys um, that would do them well on both sides of the ball. But um, no, I like the Clippers. I think the biggest thing with the Clippers and is like finding out like their their clutch struggles. You know what I'm saying? Like who, who are they going to go to in the crunch time? And obviously you have, you know, Kawhi, who's the first person to come to mind. And it's just like, you know, even last year in the playoffs, like he, he did not have a great playoff run at all for them last year. In the last game, well, their last game, what game was it? Was it game five they lost? 
Game six. Game six. He had, I think, 14, and he just overall played a terrible game. And I, Paul George had, like, I don't know, another bad game. So, like, I don't know. I think their biggest thing is just finding out who's going to be their guy you know, at the end of the, at the end of the, um, at the end of the game in the playoffs. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, if you look at like the Milwaukee game as an example, right. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but when they lost to Milwaukee, like last weekend, Kawhi and Paul George combined to shoot O of nine in the fourth quarter in the last four or five minutes. And that's just the problem, right? The media is going to go crazy on that, especially like the LeBron lovers are going to go crazy on that because they're like, Oh, look at like playoff P you know, collapsing and I'm not a big fan of like the, like, you know, name calling and you know, all that kind of stuff. I think that's, yeah, no, me either. but I think that the big thing, right. Is that you have two superstars who think they can both get a bucket. And the problem is too, is defenses know that. And I was wondering if you, if you think this, there's a point that people have made that the Clippers don't really have a true point guard and that has caused a lot of their clutch struggles. Do you think that's really where they should go in the trade deadline is try to get someone at the, at the point guard spot, because Patrick Beverly, with all his, you know, tenacity yeah. and hard work, he's not really a true point guard. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they, that's I think that's going to be big for them, but this is going to be a big trade deadline for them. And they can make the right move here to get, you know, a true point guard who could, you know, because Reggie Jackson, you know, can only do so much. I think he's he's very good off the bench for them, but um, they need, like, a starting point guard. And, and I, I'm, I'm interested to see how they – trade and what they're going to do for that because i feel like they're definitely going to make moves for a point guard before the deadline heads yeah i was thinking if kyle lowry became available that would be a good lowry, yes. yeah because kyle lowry go to, i want to see him on the sixers though kyle lowry. How, how how come uh this is obviously a different segue than what we wanted to talk about but like i've heard people say that right like yeah, kyle lowry fits perfectly no, in the sixers. i don't know i just like he's he's from philly and you know he's just a real big name in philly and i don't know I love, i've been to philly a bunch for like team camps and stuff and i just love the philly area and i definitely go to sixers games if he was he was a, a sixer so yeah yeah no that, that, that's fair enough but Let's let's jump into I think the the I think the more fun segment is kind of who's the MVP of the week. Mine would probably be jo- Joel Embiid. Um, I would go with Joel because I think really Ron and Harden because I think Harden's Houston uh, time those nine games I think are a dent um, because I think the problem is he played so poor in Houston because uh, he was out of shape because he didn't want to be there um, even though he's playing great in Brooklyn. I think Joel's had the he's had just an unreal season. He's averaging thirty. 11 a block and a half and a steal yeah I mean that he's just playing unbelievable they have the best record in the eastern conference at the moment so well you know that that's kind of where I go and who do who's your MVP and why do you think that yeah I mean Joel's definitely having a crazy year number one number one spot but um I have to go with LeBron I want LeBron to have another MVP I think he deserved it last year even though Giannis not taking anything away from Giannis, but um, I'm just a big LeBron guy. I like LeBron. Yeah, no, I'm with you there too. I mean, I, I would love to see LeBron win it because I look, I, I, it's always fun to have those goat debates because I, you know, you, you want to say, Oh, I, pl- I watched the goat play. Um, and I think LeBron should have at least six or seven MVPs. There's so many years he should have won. I agree. And you know what um, else I think he should have more of uh, defensive player of the year too. I think he only, he only has like one, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. And, and, or yeah. And then he also, 
it's interesting. This year, he actually statistically is the uh, best defender in the league in terms of individual win shares, which uh, wow. and no one's talking about it. Everyone's saying like how Ben Simmons, the best perimeter defender in the league, which he's great. He's unbelievable defensively. I agree. But, yeah, he's up there. Like, I, I agree with you. I, I think LeBron should be talked more in the defensive player of the year conversation. It's just the problem is that people are going to create the narrative, oh, LeBron lost these games without Anthony Davis, which is not really fair, but it's just how it's going to be. And then they're going to look at the team with the best record and the guy who has the best stats, and they're going to give it to probably someone else over LeBron because – yeah. I mean, I don't know how you feel about that, but, like, that's how I kind of feel about these MVPs is that they're not really given to the best player. They're given to the guy who has the best statistical season and the team has the best record every year. And they're yeah. like, oh, that's the MVP. But that's yeah. not really the best player because you watch the playoffs and you clearly know who the best player is, right? I agree with you 100%. So uh, I was kind of thinking too, um, I wanted to go off a little bit and just kind of talk about, you know, who you think the best team kind of in each, in each conference is, um, if you're cool talking about that. Yeah. Um, so look, in the West, we got Utah, Phoenix, the Lakers, and the Clippers, right? I think when, when fully healthy, I would pick the Lakers to win the West. Um, I think the Clippers are probably the second best team in that conference. Really? Um, or, or, I mean, I, I like Utah. Um, a lot. I think Utah right now is better, but I think if you give me a playoff series, I think the problem with Utah is that they have crumbled like the, uh, like the Clippers have, but I just don't know about how the others are going to step up in big moments. I know Donovan Mitchell will step up, but I just don't know. Um, yeah. And Phoenix, I just don't really know what to think of them. They're really good right now, but a lot of those guys don't have playoff experience. So it's just like, I mean, Devin Booker has no playoff experience, so I just don't know, but Wondering your thoughts on kind of who you think the best team in the Western Conference is. Yeah. Um, I'd probably go with the Lakers right now. If I had to put my life on it, I'd choose the Lakers to um, to be the strongest team with a healthy Anthony Davis. Um, and then I'd probably say the Jazz. But you are right. Like, I don't know. We don't know how they're going to be in the playoffs. But um, if we're just talking about strength of team and play right now, I'd probably give it to the Jazz. Playoffs, I don't know. You know, who knows who, how the Clippers could be, too, you know, with Paul George and, you know, who knows. Hopefully he turns that around and that narrative of Paul George is no longer a thing because I like Paul George a lot, too. But, um, yeah, I don't know. But I, I definitely like the Jazz, the Lakers, Clippers, Jazz. Um, the Suns, honestly, they remind me a lot of last year's Oklahoma City team. And not just because Chris Paul, but you have Devin Booker, who's in – elite level NBA player and on the Suns and then on the, on the um, Thunder, there was shy and their games just reminded me a lot of each other. You know, they're both scoring guards, point combo guards and, and um, yeah. And the way they play too, almost kind of just reminds me of each other. So I get a lot of Thunder vibes. Yeah. I mean, also, I mean, the fact I, I, I see also a lot of a little bit of Miami heat there too, because they play, yeah. They have some of those guys, right? They have Jay Crowder, but they also have a great defense. And Monty Williams is kind of building a good culture there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the thing with the Eastern Conference is that compared to the Western Conference, there's probably about four or five teams that are in the mix, maybe six if you count the Nuggets, who can at least make some noise. Yeah. In the East, there's not really many teams outside the top three. You mm-hmm. have, I mean, I'm not even sure Milwaukee really is that legit. Um, they, they, they've really? Because I, my thing is, I think Giannis is great, but I think he does the same thing every year, which is try to drive one on five. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. if he if he learned to get, have a good post game, I think it'd be over for the NBA because he doesn't have to be an elite level three point shooter, in my opinion. 
But I think Brooklyn and Philly are the two best teams. And I think because since Embiid's playing at an MVP level, Philly's going to be really hard to guard because their their wings and guards are so big yeah. and they defend. And then Brooklyn just can score with no problem. Yeah. Um, you give the ball to any of those guys, they can just go off and get 35 points. So yeah. um, kind of t- tell me kind of where your thoughts are, are with the yeah. Eastern Conference. Do you yeah. think the Bucs are actually legit or do you really think it's a – two-headed race between Brooklyn and Philly. I, mean, I agree with a lot with what you're saying. I feel like Giannis is um, definitely getting better at shooting, but you're right. They don't really need him to be a three-point shooter. If he if he had more of an inside, um, more of a post game, I feel like that could definitely help them. But I feel like so the thing with the Bucks is um, Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez. And I think those two guys are like the – like x factors in the game and a lot of their success is going to depend on them you know because you get what you get with Giannis, and i think that chris middleton is going to be play a big role in their success but yeah for the eastern conference i like the bucks i do i think they're going to do better this year in the playoffs brooklyn obviously um i don't know i'm really hoping the knicks make a run <laughs> i really hope the knicks make a run man that would be crazy we get uh russell westbrook and we make a run, but uh, I don't know. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. Um, the last NBA thing I want to talk about is I think there's a lot of uh, people sleeping on Damian Lillard, and I think yes, he's been slept, slept, slept on for at least, I'm going to say the last five years. No one talks about him. I think he's in a top five MVP candidate at the moment. I think he's playing unbelievable, and no one talks about him because he – is kind of quiet, flies under the radar. I mean, look, yeah. he's not—he's not a huge personality, right? He's not like going yeah. out and saying a whole thing, a lot of these things to the media. Yeah. And then he just goes out there and gives guys like forty points, and he's yeah. arguably a top five shooter or, or top three shooter in the NBA. So, I was kind of thinking, what are your thoughts on Damian Lillard? Why do you think he gets uh, so under the radar? And why do you think people? Why do you think people need to change on him? Definitely, uh, one of my favorite players. Um... I love Dan, man. He's so slept on, though. Like, he's so, like, you're so right. Like, you put it the perfect – he's so under the radar. Like, but he's not, you know. Like, he'll just give you a quiet 40. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know players like that. I mean, you've played against people like that. I definitely have where you're, like, at the end of the game. Like, oh, my God, they just hit 40, quiet 30 or whatever. But, yeah, he just lights guys up, dude. Like, he lights dudes up. And I'm surprised he's not a starter, honestly. I think he should have started over Luka. In the All Star Game, yeah, yeah, no, I, I know what you're referring to. Yeah, I, th- that's an interesting debate. Um, I, I, I probably would say the reason why it went to Luca was popularity because yeah, right and and Luca's playing great this year. Like, no, don't take anything away. Yeah, from. He's no, playing no, unbelievable. no way. Of course not. Of course not. But you but know, Portland's a better record. I, I see. Like, you know, he's playing at that level. But um, talk a little bit also since since you haven't been able to play in a in you know a, a regular like me a regular collegiate kind of basketball atmosphere. Just like kind of like how you're keeping yourself uh, going and that kind of stuff, and just making That's sure your game's cool. tight and ready to go. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm working out all the time with uh, Ramapo, and we have a uh, open gym, so we're able to get in the gym, see some of the guys, and get some work in. But um, yeah, but besides that, I, I mean, I work out at home. I go to Fitness 19 in Midland Park a lot. Also, I'm also in the men's league with you, and um, yeah, we just lost to Ken's team, so. We're gonna get him back though. Hundred percent. We're we're gonna 
we're gonna give him the works but um yeah man i'm just trying to i get into run sometimes i, I try to play as much as i can because that's i feel like that's the biggest thing you know just playing staying in playing shape you know yeah no i agree with you i mean that's kind of just generally like besides the men's league i haven't played in a ton of runs but it's just trying to get like in the gym yeah i know i feel that it's, it's tough for everyone because you don't know when you're going to be playing. I mean, like, I mean, look, like you're at a great program in Rampo and, you know, it's good that you're able to get in the gym, at least see your teammates, but it's, it's weird. I mean, it's just, it's weird not having a season. It's weird not being able to play against other collegiate teams and travel. I mean, it's, it's weird. Um, but I want to thank you for coming on the show. I, I really enjoyed having you on. And um, I mean, again, I'll, I'll see you soon in the men's league for sure, but Definitely, um, yeah, next yeah. week, man. Yeah. Th but thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Awesome. Mike, thanks for having me, man. If you like that clip from the Shred Takes podcast show, like and subscribe to the channel and also look at the description below for full episode details.